<sighs> I don't know. It was wild. <laughs> yeah, we've, so we've been going over this. And I mean, maybe we should just say how it ended. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome to a podcast with my husband, Andy, and I. And this is about our five-year wedding anniversary race at Red Rock Canyon. So that's in Las Vegas. And the intro is just me because it's going to be a bit all over the place. We'll do an intro to Andy because he hasn't actually been on the show for so long. So some of you guys will know him and some of you won't have met him at all. We are going to try to do this in bits and pieces when we're getting ready for the race and there's kids around. So this is totally also just a sneak peek into our life, I guess. So bear with us. Uh, but we are Tuesday right now and the race is on Saturday. So brief history, I was going to do the 100K and Andy was going to do the 50K. Obviously now I'm pregnant, didn't feel comfortable doing the 100K. So we are doing the 50K together. And we were so excited for this like beautiful 20 degree Celsius uh, weekend. And now it looks like the weather is absolutely crazy. And then I woke up this morning to like a red flag alert. I guess it's low humidity and high winds, which can be a dangerous combination. So it's going to be pretty wild to see what the weather actually is. Right now it says the night before it snows, but we all know how these weather forecasts are never accurate. They obviously see a cold front coming, but I do think it's going to change and it will probably be a beautiful day, right? Just going to go ahead and manifest that. So yeah, it's been kind of an interesting lead up because Las Vegas is not in my mind, like a super easy grocery store, healthy food type place. So I'm going to have to check some luggage and trying to figure out what I would want for race nutrition. I can't have caffeine gels, obviously. So finding good balance of stuff that I can pack in our luggage and just have there and also like breakfast stuff because um, I don't want to buy peanut butter that's a million dollars either. So that's maybe a detail you guys didn't care about. But this race looks absolutely amazing and I'm really excited for them to kind of get it going and I definitely need to come back and do the 100k but the 50k will be a super fun tester, tester starter joggy run thing. So uh, I'm also excited to see how Andy does because he has been training way more for this than any other time. He looks pretty fit right now so if I'm just going to judge him from the outside I think he's going to do well. But we will get into all of that and more and the race we did leading up and our training. And this has been a really fun, it's been a really fun event. And it, it almost has been more fun with me pregnant because otherwise I would take it more seriously than him and our training wouldn't match up because I would want to do different things and he sort of just does it when he feels like it. But because my expectations are out the window... I'm also just sort of doing what I feel like. So we've been able to do more long runs together and our pre-race kind of prep together, um, which was our 50K relay, which we'll talk about. So yeah, I highly recommend, if you can, make this into a couple's trip. Uh, and I know that's like a weird thing that you both randomly can do together, but it definitely is possible even with different mindsets around running. So yeah, that's what this podcast is about. I'm going to leave it at that. And then next we'll hear from Andy and we'll get to know him. And I will see how he trained for this race on his own because maybe he didn't and I'm just making things up. So here's Andy. I am going to attempt to wake him up and see if we can chat for a second before the kid wakes up. Oh, were you sleeping? Yeah. Are you awake now? Yes. Okay. 
I don't really know if there's going to be another time that we can talk. So, okay. Can I ask you questions right now? Sure. Okay, sit up. I am up. Well, get comfortable. I'm comfy. Go away, dog. Go away, dog. Okay, hold on. I'm going to turn off the fan. Okay, how are you feeling for the race? Uh, okay. Okay, so we we haven't talked to you in a long time. No. So, um, tell us about yourself. That's a big question. I'm sorry. That is a big question. I'm your husband. I'm a uh, hobbyist ultra runner. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good description, hey? Yeah, I just did an intro and said that it has been more fun for this race because otherwise I would take it way more seriously, but because I can't have any expectations, we're more similar. As hobbyists? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. Okay. So what ultras have you done in the past? Uh, we did one earlier this year, Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a, we did a 90 in Sweden. Switzerland. That's right. <laughs> wow. 90 kilometers, not 90 miles. 90K. Uh, buck in hell a few times. Oh yeah. Okay. So you've done a few. And so how are you feeling for Red Rock Canyon? Depends how hot it is. Well, it's not going to be hot. It's there's a red flag warning for coldness. Then I feel pretty good. What are you most excited for? Ah! <laughs> not having him around for a couple of days. <laughs> Guess who's up? Did you fall back asleep, pal? Yeah. Nice. Did you actually? I. I... Okay, we are now in the hotel waiting for a coffee shop to open so we can grab coffee. And as you could tell by our last little clip, we were not able to find a quiet time at home to record pre-race. So this will only be a minute long. We had decided that you were a hobbyist runner. I'm a hobbyist. And that... It's the hardest way to do it. Oh, explain that. Well, I spend way more time out on the route than you guys. (laughs) It's harder for me. Because I am a hobbyist. And uh, I just get more for my money. More pain, more suffering, more snacks. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. You can't. You're absolutely right. And less hours training, so. Yeah, win-win. It'll be completely different terrain than we're used to. And they keep saying that the first half is really technical and climby. It does not appear that way compared to the Pacific Northwest on videos. But... My assumption is there's going to be some sort of sneaky attack of bushes and rocks and sand and things that are awkward to run on that are going to surprise us. And because we're not used to it, it will be super challenging. So I have no idea what our finish time is going to be. Do you have any sort of thoughts on that? Um, Under seven hours, I hope. Okay, that's not bad. So but here's the thing. So if you are from California or Eastern... U.S., I think they have a lot of, like, kind of rocky stuff, but it's not the same as ours. A 50K in seven hours in B.C. is like, wow, you're flying. But those would probably have 2,500 meters. So think 8,000 feet almost minimum per 50K, right? Whereas this one has 3,000 feet. So is that difference in climbing made up in, like, weird gnarly ground stuff will be the science experiment. I don't know if anybody's following that, but I'm interested. Um, My time won't be super comparable because of the pregnancy thing, but let's say it adds an hour to a home race. 
see what it adds. So, and then we are coming back and it appears as though the most prevalent restaurant is a gelato place. So that's definitely going to be in our post-race meal. But yeah, I'm excited. The only downfall is that we got in pretty early yesterday. So of course, we're just going to kind of wander around and see what we're directly by and what we want to do on our few days after and stuff. Which is like, if it was a really competitive race, you wouldn't want to spend the entire day on your feet walking. But that's what we did. And I woke up kind of with sore legs this morning. So we'll see how that goes. How are your legs? They feel okay. They feel pretty good. I'm worried about my feet and ankles. That's been bothering me for the last year. Oh. Yeah, that's not good. No. You know so what I'm would... Different, I'm trying different shoes. You know what would help that? Mm. Training. Yeah. Well, it's not that I haven't been training. No, that's the thing. And I said that before. I think you're actually now um, a sandbagging hobbyist. Oh, no. Because running to the gym and lifting and then running home is a good workout. I'm a mid-packer at best. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're a hobbyist. That's obvious. It's still a long way. Mm, it's a long way. Okay. We'll get through it. Well, let's leave it at that and we'll reconvene post-race maybe and then... Um, well, yeah, we, we will. We'll chat. We'll do a race, a race debrief. Mm-hmm. Any final words? No, it's going to be good. Okay. Bye. Bye. So we have had AG1 as a partner for over a year now. And since I have taken a break while I'm pregnant, I've got to see the effects from my husband, who I've always recommended take it, but he just doesn't listen to me because husband stuff. But He now has taken it for over a month diligently and partly it's because we're training for this race together where I think he, for the first time, really wants to put a little bit of focus in. He is feeling better. He's feeling stronger. He's actually running uh, probably better than he ever has. So I'm pretty excited to see how Red Rock goes for him. But AG1 has been a foundational nutrition supplement since 2010. So they've continuously refined their formula to make it better and smarter. And now you hear about it all over the place with guys like Huberman Lab and staples in the health and wellness world that really trust the brand. So I recommend it to all of my family and friends because it has a team of doctors and they've been tested for 950 contaminants and they are NSF certified by sport. So that's all really cool, the work they're putting to continuously make this better. So AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide support for anybody's body that they need daily. And that's why they have been a partner for so long. So if you would like to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com backslash trwp that's drinkag1.com backslash trwp to check it out okay we are now two days post-race and we're recording this on my phone so that we can do it in the hotel so the sound isn't perfect but at least we get fresh in our memory welcome to post-race conversations andy hi how are you doing better how are you doing i'm good are you good i've seen you walk around okay well if you want to get into a pissing match if it's feeling better we can do that oh i'm not saying i'm feeling better than you <laughs> I, I just would say none of us are feeling 100 percent. well i'm about as stiff as you would be yeah yeah we'll get into that um but physically as far as my like body goes 
I'm just fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we'll get, yeah, I'll explain what I'm talking about. Okay. So here's my brief introduction to this part and then we can get into your details. Okay. Okay. So yes, in our pre-race rambling, we sort of knew if you look at the ultra sign up times, it's hard because it's a newer race too. The elevation wasn't crazy. And that's usually what slows you down in a BC race is the elevation and the um, technicality. This race did have a few road sections that were actually quite far where you could make up a lot of time. And the technical parts were not the one part that was supposed to be very technical. I actually thought was really fun because it was a little bit more hilly. So it did feel kind of like home, but I did notice a lot of people that were from here really struggled on that part and kind of overtook a lot of people in that area. The challenge for us that was different, I think, was two things. Um, the flat running with just the big rocks that is just kind of annoying, and I know your feet and ankles bother you, and it was fine with me, but I think if I didn't kind of prepare my feet for that, it would have been worse. But that's a way to slow down flat running, where like on a map you think it would be fast, is my point. And then the second part that we have conclusion is the dry heat, which was different than, and that for us is almost impossible to prepare for, for a hobby race. <laughs> because, because what are we going to do? Fly down here and practice in that heat? Um, so we'll get into how weird that temperature versus how hot it actually felt um, was. So how about you? Does that feel accurate? What do you feel like was the surprise for you? Uh yeah, I think that's probably about right. The difficulty of the race with the lack of elevation gain was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be faster because there wasn't that much climbing. And then, yeah, those boulder roads with the, like, baseball-sized loose boulders or loose rocks, I found that relentless. Yeah, and there was – that section was probably close to a mile and a half. Yeah, like, it was pretty long, Like yeah. over 2K. It was, and there was smaller sections in there too, but that was just, oh, man, relentless. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a, seemed to be a slight downhill too, a lot yeah. of it, and it, it just – yeah, my ankles were not happy there. People looked quite unhappy in general in that part. <laughs> yeah. Even some local guys were, like, yelling at how much they didn't like it. I think – there was a bunch of washout there this year, so it was more bouldery and rocky than usual. One of the guys was saying they had a couple with like rainstorms oh, that washed a bunch, of, and you could see it in the topography as you were running. You could see kind of where it had come down. Yeah, that makes sense. You were probably going much faster. I was doing more observing. Well, you know what's <laughs> funny is that because we've done some of these like island FKTs where you run along the beach, yeah, it's very similar. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So it didn't feel like this was brand new but in my mind i thought oh andy probably won't like this yeah you knew it. it's not my jam yeah. yeah and i don't think i'd categorize it as technical but oh, as annoying no it wasn't technical at all yeah it was just running on just baseball annoying. size rocks yeah baby heads they're called i think it happens oh, that... it happens a lot to americans okay is, it, lo- is that what they're called yeah okay. a lot in their races okay so so my list or my guests have told me okay cool yeah Uh, And I was saying to Andy, like one of the things that I noticed that was the difference that almost maybe you learn better when everything is always so much elevation and so steep is that you kind of run with smaller steps really fast. 
so that you don't put all of your weight on each foot and then they're not as hard to deal with. Part of the problem when it's like, it was a little bit of a downhill. It was like a false flat. So you don't, if you take tiny steps on that, you're never going to get there. So that was more of like, can you do that same thing with kind of longer strides and pick your line, but the same rules applied where if you, I was looking like two and a half meters, so like 12 feet ahead and then trying to just pick spots that you stay on quite lightly. Yeah. Because if you take full, and that's what the guys I was running around in the technical section were like. They were yeah. like, all of their weight was landing, and then they were screaming and yeah. then having to go the other way. Yeah, that was about 20K in, wasn't it? Yeah. Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, I was starting to feel a little fatigued there. It was beautiful. I definitely recommend the race. It was really cool. The terrain was awesome. Yeah. The the Yeah, it was so neat. One of the things that I thought was so funny was that before the race started, and I don't know if he was kidding or not, the race director like made a joke about being colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get out there and we're in like, it's red rock and some of the, you know, canyony ready rocks, but most of it is green foliage and plants. Is foliage the right word? Is that? Yeah. That's so, okay. Green cactus. And the flags were also green. And <laughs> I was the whole way was like, maybe he doesn't know how mean this is man it was uh we definitely went the wrong way a few times it, yeah it was fun it was well it's an ultra that's part of it if it's not a true ultra if you don't go off track a little ways well yeah so for me i don't know if this ended up being helpful or negative but i was running and I was feeling good so I was kind of just trying to stay in like the pack behind the lead pack so I think I was in third for a long time and then I was still in fourth and I got um very for women I took a wrong turn that was like a deep wrong turn (laughs) but I thought that I was following a hat that I had been following the whole time but it turned out that I had kind of seen a hiker with a similar hat and I caught them. And then they were like, what do you, I was like, do you, did you guys see any racers? And they're like, yeah, like way that way. And I was like, oh my God, it took me so long to get here. Probably wasn't that long. It was probably, but it was probably close to nine minutes. And was that kind of, as you were skirting along the bottom of those larger mountains, I guess you call it, was it bouldery, like large? Yeah. So they were big boulders that I was like climbing over. And I thought in my mind, this is the technical part he was talking about. Yeah. But no, it was just me being stupid. So then when I came back, um, onto the course, I was like, okay, I'm going to be way mid pack now. Um, which it wasn't true. That's just what you think. So I sort of was like, at least I'll just trot along now like who cares because nine minutes is too much to make up and I just sort of like started pouting and talking to people and going kind of slow but I think that maybe helped in the end because then the last seven or eight k I passed four (laughs) women I felt so good so I don't know if it was like a sneaky universe thing that worked fourth ended up four minutes ahead of me so part of me is is really hard not to do the math and be like oh my gosh if I didn't get lost I would have had that but maybe I would have ran myself into the ground and not been able to finish hard and uh, been passed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right? So can't think about it that way. Anyways, let's get more into your race. Okay. So overall, 
we the first of all the temperature was supposed to be like minus three at night and then up to 12 or 13 in the day which would be like 45 yeah fahrenheit yeah which is kind of cold so we were wearing long sleeves and gloves but for us it's a wet cold and here it's not so talk us through your race and when you started to realize that it wasn't going to be cold and how you felt uh well we realized it wasn't going to be actually cold when we showed up to the start line (laughs) 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 we started doffing all of the stuff we were wearing immediately we're like oh um, it's quite pleasant here yeah and i saw people basically in two like sports bras gonna run and i was like "Uh oh yeah there was and then there were still people in poofy jackets so there was there's quite a lot of variety at the start um because I kind of had it in my mind that this was going to be an easier race and the 50 we did earlier in the fall felt really good. And I felt it was going to be very similar to that. I kind of was like, oh, I can probably keep that similar pace. So I started in the group with you at the start, slightly mm-hmm. behind you. And I think that was a large mistake. Going into a 50 thinking this one might be easy, I think is. I Well, I, I didn't think it was going to be easy. I just I thought it was going to be similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you thought, yeah, and you thought you'd feel as good as you did last time. Yeah, because I should be fitter. But at the first A station when I was accepting the chance of me <laughs> DNFing, I was okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how my race was. It was a mental battle. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> Yeah, we so we've been going over this, and I mean maybe we should just say how it ended. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> as we were running, oh. we were going down these rocks, and I'm like, oh, Andy's not gonna like this, and I kind of sped up there, and I thought in my mind, if I don't catch Andy because I've just been lost, that you're behind me, and if I was lost for nine minutes and you're still behind me, and we're at twenty k, you don't feel good. No. And then when we got to um, the end of the race, I thought, okay, maybe there's a chance he's there. But I didn't know what place I was in. So then when I found out I was like fifth for females, I was like, usually you come in a little later than that. Yeah. So I thought maybe you'd be about 15 minutes behind. So I think my time was like 6.43. No. And after we got to seven hours and the sun kind of started to go over the edge, and people were putting their puffy coats back on. I was like, oh, no, we're having a day like this, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I probably should have started off a lot slower. I think that hurt me because yeah. the one we did earlier, I was by myself because we ran it as a. Oh, yeah. We ran it as a uh, as a team. Mm-hmm. You ran the first 50 and I ran the second. And I just started off at my own pace, just like got a nice flow going, wasn't, there was nobody else with me. And that temperature was actually hotter. It was hotter. Yeah. But I think just instead of getting caught into the hype and being like, hey, I'm going to start off strong. I'm going to go. I just got to run my own race. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about that a lot. It was funny. We, I, we were kind of talking about this yesterday too, that I tell athletes all the time when they have a race like you did in September where everything goes right you kind of have to make a list of what you did. You ate way more in that race also. 
You I ate, did. You were eating pizza. You knew you had to eat more. I did, yeah. And because what will happen is you will forget and go into a race that on paper looks exactly the same, like exactly what happened to you, and it's like it's your first day out there. It's fucking wild. I think also the food is a bit different here. Yeah. So I had that morning meal, and it kind of stuck in my diaphragm area, it felt like, yeah. for a long portion of that race. Yeah, also we're staying on the Strip, so we're like in Party Central trying to find healthy food is hard. Yeah, and and I felt that I felt that ball in my stomach from probably kilometer one to kilometer 15. Yeah. And that, that, was, a, that was a major mindfuck. And the race director said a hundred times, put the route on your phone. <laughs> he didn't just say it, it was in all the emails. It was in all the emails. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not trying to podium on this so who cares the flagging will be good enough and i just like blindly ignored this and then got lost like eight times it was like i got nobody to blame but myself for this correction we blindly ignored it yeah both of us did. yeah because that's what happens like you just sort of think oh you know i've done this enough times it's it'll be fine i'll figure it out but the race directors send you info for fucking reason so read it and do it but anyways it was kind of a laugh anyway He's not bullshitting. He's definitely not. He's not bullshitting. <laughs> he was a cool guy. I liked him. I, I liked the whole race. I liked the I liked the flagging being that color. I liked it being a little more of an adventure. Yeah, type <laughs> two fun. Okay, so. Oh, here we go. <laughs> an hour goes by, and I'm like, okay, now I'm getting cold and tired and kind of worried. So I wandered around the little city that it ended in. It was cute. It was very cute. Yeah, yeah. called Blue Diamond. And I found this sweet mountain bike shop that had Wi-Fi because we didn't get American plans no. so that I could at least just like look and see on the live tracking if you had dropped out in an aid station Oh. and all that. So I could see you were still going. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was good. And yeah. I was up on the corner. And then, yeah, yeah. about an hour and 15 minutes later, yeah. I see this guy come around the corner yeah. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. So what happened after the race? After, do you want me just to explain the last 15 kilometers? Oh, yeah, for sure. So we had that climb out of that aid station, and I was feeling okay-ish. And we made that climb, and I think it was like midday. It was. It hot. was. And it didn't feel hot, like hot, hot. But I must have been sweating buckets, and it must have been just evaporating. Because when I got to the top there and I started to try and run, that's when my, my whole body just started to seize up. It was not happy. It was not happy at all on that ridgeline. Anytime I started to move faster than a quick walk, both of my calves would just <laughs> seize up. And there was no running. No running at all. So the last 15 kilometers was Andy walking. That's and so hard. And that... And that Coming off of that ridgeline looked so fun because it wasn't super rocky. It was like a nice mountain bike trail. And anytime I tried to get any pace on, both of them just <laughs> cramp, like cramp, like unbelievably. So, um, yeah, I walked the last 15K. Which is too bad because the last 15K were also the most fun. They were so fun. Yeah. I was so sad. It was such easy running. It looked so nice. And I just... I couldn't do it. I couldn't at any time, even a, even a trot, that one or the other would go. And so I have a little video on the trail running one pod, a little reel of the race. 
and you can see on his hat how much salt he's actually sweat. Like you were covered in a white film. And I had no idea because normally when I sweat like that, I'm a heavy sweater, I'm soaked. Right. So in my mind the whole time I was like, oh, I'm I'm staying hydrated, like everything's working well. But I didn't take off my hat to look at it or do anything. I, I just assumed it was fine. Yeah, but what would you even change? So he drank about a liter and a half in between each aid station, which was anywhere from an hour to two hours. I don't think that's enough. If possible, I would always want to drink a little bit more on a hot day. But if there's like a sports nutritionist listen to thing to this, I would be curious on your thoughts. Because for me, it's just, I know some people just do better in the heat and you've always struggled in heat. Yeah. But that is like, it definitely has to be some sort of electrolyte imbalance. Jenny said your black cat was a big issue. I don't think it makes that much of a difference on a hot day like that to get to where you were. Yeah, I don't think so either. Maybe it would be a little nicer to have a light colored mesh hat, but you were effed no matter what there. Yeah, I, maybe that might affect it a bit, but I, I think it was something more like physiological. It had to be. Uh, maybe I, maybe the electrolytes that I was getting from the aid station just weren't working that well for me. Or well, maybe they, all they, had caf- they all had caffeine. So I don't know if they were also dehydrating you too much. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I went pee in the morning. I didn't go pee again until the next morning. Yeah. So like I didn't go to the bathroom throughout the race at all. So I, I don't know. We drank a lot off the plane. You were hydrated on the plane. It was, I, I thought I prepped, I ate, I hydrated everything before the race i thought i was doing good maybe not i didn't see you drink any water on the plane or in the morning oh i I drank a ton of gatorade in the morning and on the plane and the night that night i was staying hydrated because usually i would say like okay well did you only drink water the day before and you didn't have enough electrolytes and then you sweat it all out but no no uh i didn't use the noon tabs at all which i normally do in my water i was just taking theirs Mm. maybe just what you're used to maybe i don't know i don't know it's just weird how some bodies adapt yeah yeah and then i mean the obvious part is to be totally fair to feel good you you're under trained oh i'm always under trained i'm a hobbyist yeah yeah so of course your body's going to respond in a wacky way and i I probably don't have because i don't train enough the variability of the races is harder for me to deal with yeah for sure yeah yeah 100 percent. that's definitely something to do with it (laughs) let's be realistic here yeah, we're like, what is this mystery? <laughs> the the one thing this the the one thing is the the electrolytes and the sweating and the salt. That's definitely part of it. So if I could get that sorted out, I think. But and so there's mixed reviews on studies about cramping and sodium levels, and some of it just comes out to being those muscles undertrained. Oh, 100 percent. And that's how they respond, and that's why it happens at the end part of a race too, right? End part, it's it. Yeah, usually if I can get through 20k. And it doesn't happen. I'm gold. Right. And I got through 20k, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be okay." And then it was not. It's just so weird because obviously, like, I'm 18 weeks pregnant and had to be like, I was checking in the whole time at every aid station. Is there anything that doesn't feel normal? Is it just sort of regular 50k fatigue? Yeah. And I actually every time was like, "Oh, I feel really good." Yeah. I definitely slower. You know, like eight pounds heavier. You just can't run that fast. Yeah. So. There's the mental side of being like, hmm, like where would I be if I wasn't pregnant in this? But there was no, I never had any like weird pain like that where I had to walk. I walked around a little bit between the climb 
in the next aid station to make sure that I didn't run out of water. Mm. So I just tried to keep kind of like safe there. Are you talking on the flats after the downhill? Yes. Yeah. Well, and it was flat. It was definitely up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And then, like I said, I filled up with water there yeah. and then ran back and felt great. Yeah. I, I was wishing at that point that the race was 5K longer. Oh, that finishing, the finishing section would have been so nice to be able to run. It was so fun. It was the funnest part. I bet. It was just nice and rolly and windy. Yeah. And it was cool. You get a good pace on it. Yeah. If you could run. I was running beside a guy for a second and he seemed okay. And then he did one of those like, ah, and grabbed his leg. Yeah. And you could just like hear the cramping from beside him. And I was like trying to give him salt pills and stuff. He's like, no, no, I've taken as much as I can. Yeah. I was having trouble. That last aid station, I, I didn't eat any. I, I couldn't get anything in by the end of it. Yeah. I, I was I was just barely getting in liquids, which could be part of the problem too. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely, I didn't eat enough um, actual food. That's for sure. And then I threw up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we met the coolest guy ever named Devin. We actually met a lot of really cool people, but yeah. Andy met the other Canadian named Devin out on the race. Yeah, I met Devin. He was an awesome guy from Port Moody. Port Moody, Port yeah. Port Moody, yeah. And he was asking me about mileage into kilometer conversion. And I was like, you're Canadian? I'm Canadian too. And we ran for a bit and started talking. And we ran into him at the finish line. And you and I were discussing how we are going to get back to Vegas. And he's like, I'll give you guys a ride. We're like, sweet. So we got about, uh, how far away do you think we were from the hotel? 100 meters? Maybe. Probably closer to 100 feet. <laughs> and I just start struggling to open the rear door and just barfed. <laughs> basically on the strip yeah, multiple so times traffic was great getting back and then as soon as we hit like <laughs> close to the strip because we're staying at the sweet treasure island hotel oh god that was bad yeah dev and i just hear this door open in the back and then you start hurling out the car and like 100 percent of the people in traffic around us were like oh my god that guy's wasted at 5 30 p.m because that's what would happen there yeah of course and it was it sounded worse than it was from your guys' perspective. Yeah, it was deep sounding. It, it was deep, but it was it was mostly water and fluorescent chunks of sports nutrition. Ew. But not that much of it. Yeah. And then I felt fine. And then you did not feel fine because no. then we hobble into the elevator and some <laughs> guy looks at Andy and is like, oh, geez, dude, you need to take a nap earlier in the day. <laughs> Or we're still in our race gear. I know, but you just looked like, I don't know, you'd been beat up at some sort of bar. And then we get into the hotel and shower, and I'm, like, ready to go for dinner. And Andy's like, okay, I'll come with you. And we wander around a bit downstairs and can't find anything that we want to go to. And then I could see that he was kind of struggling. And let me remind you, we booked this before our fifth-year wedding anniversary, and we've been excited for this dinner portion since the beginning. And I was like, do you want to just go back to the room and I'll go out for dinner by myself? And Andy's like, yeah. And just leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly the worst I've felt after a race. By far. Yeah, you were like shivering. By and... far. I was fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't start feeling okay-ish until 
well, you came back and probably after you went to sleep. Yeah. I, I finally was able to get some orange juice in me and some popcorn, some salty popcorn. I started to feel human again. But like, you know, when you're just in the darkness there and you're like so sad and you feel so bad. I'm like, no, I've never done what you did. I've I, never been that I was like, I was like in my mind when I was having a shower or a bath or one of the many things I was doing to try and feel better. I'm like, is this how I living now? <laughs> Am I always going to be like this? Is this me? Oh my God. Ultras are so hard if you don't trade for them. Uh, like normally that happens mid race. Like, oh my God, you're just, you're stuck in the doldrums of pain. But after, it's never happened after. I've been worried that I've affected the rest of my life. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you for finishing it. Yeah, me too. I'm proud of you for finishing it. You did amazing. Thanks. You did really good. Yeah, there was some parts where I was like, I got lost, I'm quitting. <laughs> And then had to tell myself, like, what am I talking about? I'm going to be back at work and wish I was back out here. Well, I'm happy that I'm happy that you were like over six and a half hours because I didn't want you to be waiting there for too long. <laughs> as I'm just watching the time tick by as I'm walking. It was fine. There was enough cool people. There was. And the finish line was so funny because it was just this like metal bar two finish lines yeah and the 100k finish line was far away and it had a bunch of seats set up and the 50k finish line was just like the most anticlimactic one i've ever seen and i just ran past it and then you keep running because you don't know where the finish is and people are like no no you're done and then andy kept running because he didn't know where the finish line literally everybody that came through just went into the middle of the field and stood there yeah because we're, we're going to the other finish line yeah the one that was in the middle of the field yeah unnecessary it's okay you're all done it was great the mileage was pretty bang on, though. Yeah, they were really good with the mileage. Great. It was great. Uh, the, the cactus, the cacti, is that plural for cactus? I think so, yeah. The chola attacked me. Yeah, man, I got beat up by some cactus. Yeah, and they, he said that in the interview I did with him, that the, the plants will attack you, and they did. They did. As soon as you stop paying attention to where you're going, cactus will get you. Yeah. And they don't mess around. They hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So then the day after, we just wandered around the Vegas Strip, literally just looking at people who were in worse shape from us because of their hangovers and were able to eat a, a variety of different snacks. Mm -hmm. And it was a really nice time. It was great. It was great. So they have a hundred miler that they're doing next year here, which is cool. So yeah, if you're looking for a race, Red Rock Canyon, hundred K hundred miler, I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger and be more fun. Oh, it's such a cool area. Like the, yeah, the views were amazing. Yeah. The landscape was amazing. But it's new for us. We don't run in the desert. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Very cool. I was sad we didn't see the tortoise. No, there was supposed to be tortoise. We would have been moving at the same pace. <laughs> <laughs> you just embodied them instead. Yeah, but I was happy. I found a bunch of old guys like me to run with. and Tony. Tony and Tom. Yeah, well, it was really fun. I'm glad we did that. I am too. It was super fun. Very cool experience. Very cool. Lots of learning. Well, any closing remarks? I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> First time in probably 48 hours. <laughs> this has not changed my life significantly going on. I'm good. Uh, okay, so find us on Trail Running Women Pod, our new Instagram for photos of the race and 
That's it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Andy. Thank you.